You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy is a Christian podcast. Welcome back to Money March Part 2. I'm so excited that you all got an opportunity last week to hear my girl Danielle as we talked about her story. She is a therapist in Alexandria, Virginia. If you are new to this series, make sure you go listen to part one as it was super good. And Danielle kind of talked about her debt story, how she became a therapist as it relates to paying off student loans and all of these different things. And so she is a therapist in Alexandria, Louisiana, like I said, and she really, really works with people on the emotional side of money. And so we're going to actually dive deep into emotions and money. That was the topic of this episode. And so, hey, say hey, sis. Hey, y'all. So again, welcome back. Um, so Daniel, we're just going to kind of hop into it. So as we talked about in your story, and I'm just going to kind of set it up for people and kind of let you go there. Um, okay. You talked a lot about, you know, your story and how it is tied to just a lot of things as it relates to, you know, generationally. As it relates to the way we have a relationship with money and all of these things and all these things are fine and dandy as we talk about them. But I think the root thing that we have to recognize is all of our actions are tied to an emotion. You know that very well being a therapist. Right. So kind of talk to me a little bit about what you have seen and done or as or as it relates to how do you think a little bit about money as it relates to uh, no the emotional part of money and what why do you think it's a struggle for us I think that um the relationship with money it's kind of like you know we we're taught first of all we're taught in the beginning especially if you're a believer if you're a believer um money is the root of of all evil so we have that right there plant for the love of money is the root of our evil. So we have that kind of in like the back of, of, of our heads, like, oh, we shouldn't, we shouldn't have this or we shouldn't this. And so instead of really just looking at the scripture and really taking a deep dive into it and having an understanding that God does want us to have money, you know, like he wants us to be a good steward because he says in his word, if you be faithful over a few things, I will make you rule over many. So if he can trust us, he will reward us with more. But a lot of times he can't trust us because we're insecure about our money. And um, so you start seeing like the emotional because when you don't have enough money, when you don't have enough money, you begin to be stressed. You begin to be um, anxious, overwhelmed, depressed, 
all of those emotions are connected to money. And if we're not careful, um, it will overcome us. Yeah, and I like the word you utilize where it's it's we become insecure. And I think that it's very common, especially just like, you know, I could go into a whole spiel about social media, but just in general, like in our personal lives, money is emotional because mm-hmm. it is such a because it goes back to what we were talking about last week, how it's a transaction and there's right. a part of us that's given. And I think that you know, like you said, we kind of go into this frame of reference as believers. Like I heard that scripture, uh, money is the root to all evil. And I'm like, sis, that's the wrong, like, that's, that's the wrong verse, sis. It's the love of money. Yeah. And I think it's really about, like, like we talked about last week, the stewardship, but it's, you know, what are you, what do you think some of the kind of common blocks that people kind of experience as it relates to just money in general, emotionally? I would say the common blocks is, let me go back before I answer that. Last year, I did a budget workshop, and it's going to set the frame for why I think that African-Americans specifically struggle with money um, and the emotions. So last year, I did a um, free budget workshop in my um, in my area for Alexandria, and so it was my, the first stop of this workshop because I did it for the whole month of September as my own birthday gift. The Lord had told me that. He was like, go ahead and do that for your birthday. I was like, no, you show. But nonetheless. You better show into the kingdom of God on your birthday. Right. So like, so, but during this time, and I'm glad that I did it because the first stop of this, I did it at a church. And so it was so many different saints that was there from 70 all the way to like, I think the youngest one was 24. And so to get an understanding of some of the saints, especially in my area, and how they view money and stuff like that, it was fairly recently, I want to say fairly recently that in 1960s, that they were getting paid back in before 1960s, some of the African American people in Alexandria area was um, still being paid by bartering services. So, yes. Are you and I did this? Yes, and I okay, did not. So really, uh, while you talking and explaining that, I'm gonna look up the word barter so that I give the the right terminology of what that means. But I'm gonna go ahead and let you finish. Okay, and so like I was so shocked to where they were still being paid in you know services like food for um you know they'll give you a cow or whatever that may be whatever services that they need that was still being done in the 1960s and wow. so that was so that was so shocking and so then we kept talking and then they were just like it's just your generation where you know um we have where you make enough money where t- so you can have extra a lot of wow. times they was like we didn't have extra and my mom was one of those people. She was like, we didn't have extra. There was no room for extra. There was no room to save. She was like, if we had enough, we had enough. So that right there, that was makes her operate out of a scarcity mindset because they did not have enough growing up. So yeah. it's like, when, okay, when I'm going to stop you real quick so I can give the definition of bartering. So for those of you that don't know, and I'm going to kind of say the definition, then I'll have you kind of even explain it so that it's understood. But okay. bartering is basically, it means exchange for other goods or services without using money. So that basically means like, in a sense, they would do a service. This makes so much sense to me. And I'm probably going to have my own little aha moment later. Right. But their, their exchange for something, they would do it, but they wouldn't receive money. Right, right. Like, so then it wouldn't, and that even got kind of, you know, I think that can even kind of play into some of the thoughts that people have. Well, I got to just give this away instead right. of like, no, sis, somebody, you're doing something and you're giving value. Like that's even been a struggle for me when it comes to, you know, that was a challenge when I did my time with God challenge. Like I charged for that because I was like, I'm putting so much work into this one thing. I don't really want to give it away for free. And it felt hard for me to charge somebody for an exchange of something that I'm giving. 
But I also think too, like, I don't want to barter. I want to get, I want to be able to be charged for my value, but go ahead. I digress. Go on, sis. <laughs> so like in the prime example of that, I would say that my grandfather, he's, he's my great grandfather. Um, he, like he helped raise my mom. So they, she told the story of like when she was younger, um, he was working for some, um, for some white couple that was close by. And so what he would do, he would go there, he would work and they would pay him like in cow or cattle or something like that to where they can go butcher or either they'll let him come and work the land to feed his family. Like it's so, That's so crazy. So you're basically like doing hard labor just for food. Yes. yes. But not really like getting compensation to go buy clothes or go buy materials to make clothes or anything like that. It's kind of like, you don't really even have that. Right. That so interesting. So it's Girl. just like, right. Just learning that. And I was just like so blown away to where it was just like, okay, now it puts more into perspective about why we struggle and with money. And it's more so the millennials generation is going to be the one that really helps start building this wealth. Man. And, and I think that that makes a lot of sense because, you know, like I will say this though, for me, like I didn't mm-hmm. grow up poor. My yeah. parents had money, but they did not know how to manage the amount of money they had coming in. So, mm-hmm. and I recently looked at something, I'm going to link the video below, but I looked at a video that talked about how someone who makes a hundred K, 200 K lives paycheck, lives paycheck, paycheck to paycheck just as well as someone who makes 50k or 40k living paycheck the percentage of the people is in the same thing but this scarcity mindset that we have it's almost like I gotta just hold or keep or only have a little bit to survive right girl go ahead I'm sorry like when I say that so for me that that explains a lot. I feel like that the reason why we as African-Americans are so far behind the curve because we wasn't given the opportunity to learn about finances. We just, we out there just trying to learn how to read, period. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, like, that's why I'm kind of like, where I'm at, it's kind of like the millennials, the baby boomers, some of the baby boomers, it's like we're really going to start seeing this generational wealth with the millennials and some of the baby boomers. Yeah. And I think that there's been, and I'll be honest, there's been more, at least the, some of the people I follow on social media, just a more exposure of like the idea of generational wealth. Like sometimes not even just being taught it or like, Mm -hmm. you know what that actually looks like practically. Okay. How do I invest? How much should I invest? Right. if I'm investing in real estate, well, what's my first step? Like the idea of generational wealth has kind of come and it's been something that is recently been shown, but I even will just like play on the, even the fact of before we even start with the generational wealth, we got to deal with the emotional mindset we have. Right. Right. That plays into what we do then. Right. You know, the whole mindset of, and this is something that even I still struggle with, being who I am with trying to, you know, build generational wealth and um, just trying to really work through it and help others. It's like some of the stuff that I have to pull back from my own self, like um, in mine is a poverty mindset. Like mm-hmm. when somebody exposed that to me, I had to sit in that. And they was like, Danielle, you know, I feel like you're operating from a poverty mindset. And I was Can like, you explain what? that and like what that means? And what that means is that you don't value yourself or you don't value what you have to offer and that you're always going to make an excuse for other people or where they can't buy this or where they can't do this. And it's just like, no, they can. And you need to think about yourself and put yourself up there with that worthy of receiving the compensation that you were asking for. And so it's like, I would say it was, it's with my private practice and, 
it was like charging my feet. And I was just like, ain't nobody going to buy this. Ain't nobody going to do this. Nobody going to do this. And no, and the guy was just like, how do you know if you don't even put it out Girl. there? And if, and really it comes from just like poverty mindset, AKA a lack mindset that we just think that I'm only going to be, well, I'll even say I'm, my gifts aren't valuable enough to be compensated for just even without even being in my nine to five, you right. can create something that can be sold. You can have the intellect to go to um, the thrift store and buy something and then sell it on eBay. It's not even just even about being an entrepreneurship, but you right. see opportunities for you to have extra money or even just have the mindset that this is possible. That's been the thing for me is like, because my experience with money has been so traumatic that the, the aspect, and I'll give a briefing just of, of background for the people. Long story short, my parents owned a business when I was in middle school, late elementary, early middle school, and they were very wealthy. Like if they still had that business, I would probably never have any debt. Um, I would probably be the child that would be like, okay, y'all, I'm going to work in the business just because I was so, in, I was so wrapped around like the, the, the entrepreneurship, the drive, the work ethic that they did, mm-hmm. but they didn't know how to manage it. So they lost everything. And so my exposure to them having money and then losing it right before my eyes going bankrupt, we sold furniture to buy food, like all this kind of stuff. And And so that mindset of like comfortable lifestyle means that I'm going to lose everything. Like that Mm -hmm. was what I associated it with as I was growing up. And that was my first exposure really to money. I got an allowance, but it was so traumatic. So even thinking like in the poverty mindset, I didn't really have a lack mentality. I just looked at wealth as I'm going to lose all of this or Mm -hmm. I'm going to do something to mess this up. Mm. and so like I think the as we were talking about just like you said with the poverty mindset with the way that you view you and your gifts like even Danielle having the the knowledge base to talk about money is a gift from God that she can utilize as a way to to make that's a talent that she could then utilize to multiply that talent in whatever way possible that's what god wants us to do right he wants us to multiply everything we have in our lives whether it's multiplying in numbers in our nine to five and we we save the company you know twenty five hundred twenty five hundred dollars i'm not twenty five hundred dollars but two hundred fifty thousand dollars from our impact he wants us to multiply and use it but we don't even see that our gifts are valuable that we would just rather do what we're doing on a daily basis just to kind of get by. And that's, and that's it. Like that's the mindset that a lot of people have is oh, I'm, I just need enough to get by. Like there's nothing greater. I just need enough to get by. And it's just like, where did we get that mindset from? And it's like, it's, it's a lot of people, a lot of people that I come in contact with. I'm just like, you know, you can, um, if we can get, if I can get you to get together with your finances, I was like, you know that you can be the one that put the end to generational um to generational poverty and generational wealth can start from you on here on out. And people be like, how? Like they're so shocked and like they don't believe it. And I'm just like, why wouldn't it? Why couldn't it be you? Why can't you be the one in your family to say, it's going to stop here. I'm going to learn about finances. I'm going to expose myself to different things. Then I'm going to expose my children to different things. So they'll have a better springing board to jump off of when they get to be an adult. And I think it comes back down to the very thing we were talking about, which is stewardship. But really kind of, if, if I'm just even going to say I'll even say from for just even in, in a very metaphorical way, for myself, my personal healing therapy journey, I couldn't, I wasn't even stewarding my emotions correctly because mm-hmm. I didn't know what was underneath all of those things. 
And so it was hard for me to even steward myself, my well-being, my self-care correctly, my mind correctly, until I dealt with what was the thing that was blocking me from being able to walk in full wellness, walk in full healing, walk in the fullness of God. So even as with money, if I'm not able to address the thing that's causing me to have a lack mindset or, or the thing or the actual root of the issue as to why I won't even check my bank account or why do I feel like I got to have things to make me happy or why do I have to feel like I have to compare my life to somebody so then I'm not good enough so there's mm-hmm. no point of me even trying and and look at those things in order to then have a healthier you know way of being able to build generational wealth right and I think that that's why I encourage people to um to do therapy, to to do financial therapy, because of course, you know, you start coming in and we start talking about finances, but there's layers and it's like, I have to dig and I can't necessarily like, cause people, cause really when I tell people all the time, like budgeting is simple math. It's third, fourth grade math, two plus two, four, you know, all of that. But it begins to be our emotions and our behaviors that's connected that begins to be the problem. Hence the reason why it's in financial therapy when you start figuring all of this stuff out. Like you said, you know, um, with your therapy journey and pulling back the layers of this whole comparison game and everything else that's, that's like under there so that we can get to the root of the issue. Like you cannot fight anything that you don't know. So... In order for you to fight something, in order for you to heal from something, you got to know what it is and call it, like Iyama say, call a thing a thing. Period. And that's on period, sis, okay? <laughs> but even taking it a step further, like, okay, so I'm going to give you a real quick breakdown. Very simple. I am a, I, like I tell you, sis, I'm the spender. Mm-hmm. I was also someone that bought food out of convenience. I would go to a fast food restaurant go spend the money, so on mm-hmm. and so forth. Everything has a root. Everything has a root. I wasn't until, and then when my husband and I would go through our budget and he'd be like, you only get this amount of money for your allowance every two weeks. And I'm looking at him like, okay, but what about my fast food money? And he's like, <laughs> I'm like, um, play it. Hold on. You, you know, you cutting into it. But even then, I didn't even realize I would go to fast food places out of convenience. Because I was being lazy and didn't want to cook out of that. And so I would be so, I would just think it would be so much easier for me to just go get the food, not realizing I'm spending $60, $75 a week on fast food if I just cut down. But what happens is, and I think what you said, like, it's about accountability, And we sometimes don't want to accept accountability because it makes us address our mess Mm. and it's hard to address your mess. Yes. Yes. Cause now you got to do the work to clean up and now you have to be conscious of, you have to bring everything to your conscious memory. Like I tell people, we on autopilot a lot for a whole lot of things. And so when you come to therapy and I'm bringing it to your attention and now it's like you have to stop being on autopilot, bring it to the forefront of your brain and address the issue. And people tend, that's what we begin to be um, where they find a difficulty in, like mm-hmm. stopping, stopping running your mouth or stop going to the drive through and go home and cook. Girl. Oh, like, <laughs> let's, let's talk about it because that's, 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 that's your girl. I just literally got my groceries off click list from Kroger that saved me an hour. And that's part of why I didn't want to ever cook. Cause I'm like, I don't want to go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And that's like, so there's other ways to get around that, but I digress. So let me ask this question. So how can we begin? And this is something you talk about. Like I know in the services you provide people, um, how do we begin to address our fear about money? Um, I think that when you start addressing your fear about money, so, so let me just go ahead and do my little plug real quick. Um, I do offer a financial um, literacy masterclass and it's currently going on right now. And we help get down to the bottom, to the underlying issue of um, your money, 
problems and it's looked at from a biblical standpoint and everything. Y'all go on over and try and, and join me, okay? Yes. But um, <laughs> oh, you do offer that digitally, correct? Yes, like I do. It's it's all it it's all held online. Like nothing in person yes. is all virtual. Yes, so everybody can learn about like how to set up a budget, how to start looking at their debts, all those kinds of things. Yes, all of those kinds of things, and we um we go we go really in depth, like me trying to just really help you. And it's very affordable, you guys. It's only thirty five dollars a month. It's a subscription, and it's thirty five dollars a month, and we meet twice a month. That's good. Online. That's really oh, really really good. Online, I wanted to make sure that I can help as many people as I can, and so that's why I made it so affordable. Um. And it's on is online, so we'll meet like every the second and fourth Tuesday of every month, and we go from there. So y'all come on over, and we can hey, go sign up for that. But look, <laughs> so you, you want to be able to get the like real live, like when anytime you're doing something live, you want to be able to like ask questions, get the real time feedback you need because. And also adding on another layer of that with Danielle being a therapist, she can even walk through like how that is a difficult thing. And right. that's really good, sis. I'm excited for you. Okay, yeah. keep going. How do we begin to address our fear about money? Okay, one of the things that you, how we start like with my clients, I get you to actually just, once we figure out what it is, what your fear is, we start to talk about it. And you talk about it often. You write about it. I love journaling. Like people, <laughs> I am here for a journal, okay? And the more that you write about it or the more that you bring it up and you talk about it, the less power it has over you. Yes. So like we Girl. have to like when we keep this stuff in or when we don't want to tell anybody because we don't want nobody knowing our business, that means that whatever the issue is, the whatever the fear is, the fear has the power. And you have given it up to them. So you have given up that control. So I help you understand, take control of that narrative and put your own narrative out there. No longer allow that fear to hold you captive. It's a, it's a problem. We're going to work through it and it's okay. Yeah. And I think, and, and kind of with addressing the fear part, um, I think you have to also know then the great thing about what you were talking about is that somebody's doing it with you. Right. We're more more able and capable to complete a goal when we have accountability partners. And I think that that is a big thing as it relates to money, to have somebody that's rooting with you on in the process because it can get discouraging. Because again, it goes back to the thing of you looking at your mess. Right. And I would say even for myself, when I'm even, when I thought about, my credit card and how high it was, there were so many questions I asked about myself. Like, I'm never going to be able to get a handle on this. I thought I always was going to have to rely on a credit card. Mm -hmm. I thought so many negative things about myself. It's like, why can't I get over this? And it it took time. So let me say like this stewardship of, of money takes time, but the first step is addressing it and being okay with having the anxious emotion, being right. okay with having the fearful emotion, being okay with being sad about it because mm-hmm. it is a grieving process to like even address something so heavy because what now, what I remember now that I've paid off that credit card is I never want to ever go onto a credit card account to pay somebody $900 out extra money. Right. Um, to someone else that was that could be used for a vacation with my husband. Like that to me is like seed planning into me never wanting to go back. Right. Right. And, and I think that, but it was yeah, it was it was necessary. And I think that also with what um with what comes along when you know like you're there with somebody if somebody's there actually to help you, you know, come out of your mess is like, I, I encourage you. I provide you with hope. Like, because I, my, one of my friends called me today and we were talking. And so we, she was talking about um her student loans 
And um, she was just like, you know, like I have over a hundred thousand dollars. And I was like, wait, you have what? And she so she was like, I have a hundred thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt. And she she was like, I'll never be able to pay that off. And I was just like, no, ma'am, we're not going to say that. Like you will be able to pay that off one day. You know, like you never know what can happen. A lot of times people do self-sabotaging before they can even start. And it's just like, and so she was like, well, I'm not like you. Then the the comparison becomes, no, ma'am, I didn't say that you was like me, but you don't know what can happen in a few months. Stop looking at your current situation, thinking it's going to dictate the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Because you'd be surprised. You'd be, girl, you talking to a sister that did, I didn't think it was about now. I ain't fully dead for yet. But to right. know, like, a card that I had, girl, that that thing, I keep talking about this little crazy credit card, but baby, when I tell you that jump was high, it was right. high, sis, okay? It was real high. <laughs> and to think that it was possible, because I really didn't think it was possible. And then to see it gone is just it's beyond worse just the possibility when you start and how much you the moment the really the momentum that you get when you like really see that number start going down when that number hits under under a thousand dollars girl you talk about somebody that was hollering i was like oh my god this thing is under four figures like you people don't understand like your mind starts to shift when you start paying off some of this stuff. Like I can remember at first, like me looking, staring down the barrel of 71 plus $13,000 in debt of student loan debt. Like that, I was just like, ain't no way. Like, how can I? And so then when I started making the progress, taking the first step, started seeing some of this stuff coming down, like I began to be become excited. Like, yo, I'm going to pay this student loan today. Let me see how I can finesse this right here to put a little bit extra towards it. Like the momentum of what you're trying to do. Like you get you get you get anxious, you get excited. You like you start seeing these numbers come down. And so you start wanting to work extra. So, like, it's just like, yo, you get the momentum, you get the excitement, like, once you start and you start seeing, the thing is, we too afraid to start. Yeah. And we give up, we give up too fast. And I think, too, it's, it is, there are hard days, because yeah. there are a lot of hard days. There are days where it's like, I really would like to go on a date that's really yeah. nice and pay a lot of money for it. I really like to go to Sephora. Like, I even, girl... I digress, but so I know I used to swipe my credit card at Sephora because that was the time I was learning how to do makeup. Girl, Mm -hmm. I just switched eyebrow pencils to the drugstore eyebrow pencil because I was like, I can't fathom in my mind spending spending for real like almost twenty five dollars on an eyebrow pencil. Like I can't fathom that in my head right now. So I'm gonna go ahead and get this little seven dollar pencil that does the same thing but in your mind when you so used to spending you're like i want luxury i want the nice stuff and everybody has their like you know kryptonite or whatever it may be clothes it may be whatever and it's like there are ways that you can do this and not feel like you are missing out and even if you are missing out you find value in not being okay with just the bare minimum Right. And like people have the life you want to live. Like and then I think that it's just with our society and like our culture culture with these whole name brand, clothing, Gucci, you know, all of these other Chanel, like all all of these other types of brands that like we have paid for them to be rich because we feel like once we have made it and that's another thing, I help you understand what your definition of success looks like. Oh, that's good. That's like a good you, one right there. Like you have to have a definition of success. Like you, you have to have that because if not, you're going to allow the world to tell you what your definition of success is. Yes. And I refuse to allow the world, somebody looking in, try to tell me what my definition of success looks like. Yeah. 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 Oh, go out, sis. Okay. So, you know, like. My definition of success, and mind you, it it changes like as I get, especially with my um student loans. Like I was like, if I can get to twenty thousand, I'm there. 
<laughs> I am there. And so when I reached there, it was like, okay, so now I see that I can't do this. So I know what I'm capable of. That's another thing that you're dead. When you start paying this stuff down, you start figuring out what you're capable of. Girl. You start figuring out what you're capable of going without. And so Girl. now we are really starting to build this whole generational wealth because now I can see what I'm capable of. I can get out here and I can work and I can save and I can do this and I can go buy this rental property and leave it for the next person on down the line. Like, it's and that's my definition of success. My definition of success is property. Deeds. D and I'm saying deeds with the X, okay? Because I need more than one. Girl. So and you'll be surprised how the side hustle really, really like it gives you let me listen, listen. And I know my mama's gonna listen to this episode. If my mama didn't teach me nothing else, baby, she taught me how to clean a house. Come on. Last year, I was like kind of in that mindset of like, I need to make some extra money, one for my business expenses. Cause I was like, I don't want to start paying, you know, these subscriptions that I pay for for my email and Zoom and all mm-hmm. these things to come out of my allowance. I was like, I was like, yeah, man, like my allowance is for me. Right. You know, I'm, I'm putting the seed in the business, but you know what I'm saying? I need this for me. Okay. I was like, uh, okay, God, I understand. So I did a um a call with one of my really good friends, Jada. I'm not gonna link her stuff below, but she did, she's like super idea heavy. She literally loves helping people start businesses. It's random. So we did a little call and I was like, Jada, I just need something. So she was like, What are your talents? I said, mm, I don't know. I started naming off all these things. And I was like, and I can clean houses. She said, girl. You'd be surprised how much people will pay you to clean the house. I was like, girl, ain't nobody finna pay me to clean no house. She said, Rosalind, just literally start. Girl, I started researching in the area how to clean houses. And girl, literally, I kid you not, I was going to a conference and I was like, how am I finna pay for this plane ticket and my hotel and all this kind of stuff? And I cleaned maybe about, I was hustling. I think I cleaned like six houses in two weeks. I was just telling people, hey, hey, I clean houses, hey, I clean houses. Girl, I ended up coming up on like almost $600 in a couple weeks from cleaning people's houses. $600, sis. That's what I. That's what I'm talking about. Like, and, and, and just like now, I was tired. Is it now? I was say I was real tired, but the momentum I got from just like somebody paid me to take two to four hours out of my day to do a service for them, and that's how I see it. It's like I'm taking, I'm take, I'm helping someone else be able to come into their home and feel at peace because yeah. I have a talent to really clean a house and they're paying me for it. And I can take that money and use it for, and and too, like it's under the table. Like, okay, I hope the IRS never hears this, but like it's under the <laughs> table to pay on, you know, something I was doing for my business that I otherwise would have never had that money because we were on such a tight budget, but find a side hustle that replaces a bill. Find and- something that can replace one bill. And you'll be surprised how that momentum will like drive you, sis. And now I'm like, who need the house clean? Okay. And I would even add, stop saying that stuff is beneath us. Yes. People, oh, that's beneath me. I can't do that, sis. Oh, I care. And after we'll put on that glove for you and get that little Mr. Clean Magic Eraser and scrub that tub. <laughs> let me do it for you on my hands and knees scrubbing this floor because I know ain't nobody else gonna do it so let me do it and make this good you know $90 $100 you know my clean my mama house every month now like it's it's just it's an opportunity to help somebody and you get compensated for it right and we have to remember that this isn't always our season like it may be our season to work the next season after that, it may be something different. A season Come of abundance. So for now, you're in this season of work and God saw you. God saw where he sent you to and you worked and you did. And so now he's like, okay, I'll give you a rest. So it's seasons for things. 
Yeah. And even for, even for parents, like even talking for parents, like sell your baby's clothes. Yeah. Go on Facebook marketplace and sell your baby's clothes. Literally like people, people buy baby stuff. Exactly. When I have a kid, I'm not buying them new stuff from Target. That'll probably be the first thing I do. Maybe when I get pregnant, I'll be like, Oh my God, I'm so happy. I'm going to buy from Target, but I'm really going to be on hustle mode of like, where can I get these clothes from Facebook Marketplace? Come come on, because they got a lot of them. Listen, go buy books from the dollar store or go buy kids' books from the Goodwill and resell them. Come on. Like, there's, there's a space for it, sis. I promise you. And even Google, Google is your best friend. Google side hustles for moms or, you know extra ways to make money there's like things you could there's tons of resources to be able to do it we just can't be out of the mindset that we just have to succumb to just doing what we do on a daily basis just to get by right 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 broke being broke you know like bro being broke i want to say this there's a difference between broke and being poor okay poor is something that's permanent you know, when you have a mentality of being poor, like it's something permanent that, you know, you don't see is going to change. Being broke is something that can change. And you know that it can change because you yeah. you have the ability to actually change it. And sometimes, you know, like even me right now, I'm in a season of being broke because I'm giving all my extra money to my student loans. So like Girl. it's a season and it's I know where my money is going to. So like right now, if people be like, you know, oh, let's go do this, it it ain't in my budget, sis. If you ain't tell me a month ago, yes. I can't do it. <laughs> yes. And I think that's 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 I'm so glad you said that because because even we have to watch our words yes. and what we say. Because because the Bible even says, and I looked up the scripture as you were talking in Deuteronomy 8.18, listen to me when it says, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he that gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, that it is this day. So if God gives us the power to get wealth, mm-hmm. like Let's like that is such a a gift to know that the father wants us to be wealthy and gives us why would God give us the power to do something if he didn't want us to have it? Like why would he give us the power to perform miracles if he didn't want us to be able to see miracles? Give us the power to heal people if he didn't want healing. Give us the power to do all these other things if he didn't want us to ever have it. He gives us the power to get wealth not even power power to um and it's so great that the scripture says it's power to get wealth that means you have to do something mm-hmm. and we have the power and the ability to do so so good so so, so good go ahead right. sis. <laughs> so good but my thing is god wants us to be wealthy too just like you said because the fact of if we're wealthy, the kingdom is wealthy. Well, baby, we're gonna have to make a part two to this whole episode behind that no. one statement. Okay. The that one statement by itself. Because I'm and I'll say the perfect example of this is Transformation Church. Come on. They literally and, and, and to hear and it may and I thought about this yesterday, I think it was. Danielle, we may have to make a part two, sis, but if we do, it's okay, we'll figure it out. But yeah. Um, they literally for, for pastor Michael Todd to say the church is in the best financial place it's ever been puts into my mind that we, when we give our full tithe to the storehouse, that there be meat in the Lord's house, not milk, not scraps of bread, not meat, expensive things, ability to have stuff that you could go buy that's valuable. And give that and give that to people to just give away for fun. That's the kingdom. Come on. Because we're so scarce with what we do and even giving to our churches. Because I know that that has been a thing to to give to places that feed us 
Why are we not provide? This is God's house. That's how he's able. This is not just a show. Like, I don't think they're giving money away just for show. This is to bless people for the kingdom of God who may not be able to do it to bless other people. And that's what I think when we, when we have a wealth mindset, it's the ability to know, like, girl, let me say this. And I really hope that people listen to this, get to the end of this. God gives seed to the sower. God gave me this revelation so like over the last couple of weeks about this. And he's like, I can give you seed because I know you'll throw back out to sow it. But if you hold, if you're not a sower and you don't throw it back out, you don't do the action to take care. You don't do the action to steward. How can God give you seed? Mm -hmm. Because at that point, then he can't trust you to throw it back out to somebody else so it can produce a harvest. Every time, quote unquote, I give to somebody or I get on this microphone and sow, the more I sow every single week into this podcast, the more God gives me topics and ideas and ways to talk about things to continue to sow out to the kingdom versus mm-hmm. me holding all this knowledge for myself or my experience or my things so that it can go out to sow to the kingdom of God. Right. That's kingdom when God can trust you to give you seed to throw out. And so when we give our tithe to the storehouse, that's a treasure trove of where God says my blessing is here to be stored up for the people so that when they need it, we have meat here. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a good word. That is. bad girl. I'm over here like, yes, God. <laughs> and, I, and so I just think as believers, and Danielle, we'll wrap up with this question. Like, even with believers, why do you think we avoid dealing with our money? Ooh, that is gonna probably be a part two to this just letting y'all know <laughs> yeah that right there with believers mm, it that's a that's a loaded question because again like we have taken scripture out of context they don't and then like who if you have a preacher that preaches about um prosperity then they begin to be oh he's a prosperity preacher then if you have a preacher that's out there that's preaching he preaching like Oh, you know, um, the love of money is the root of evil. I mean, cause the root of evil. And so like, it's like, it's two different gospels that's being preached out there and nobody until recently, what I'm going to see with Mike Todd is really preaching the, um, the true gospel of how God still wants us to be willing. Like either or like, we're not getting a practical, we're not getting the scripture broke down, especially the, the scripture, um, with the people that God had gave the silver to and the man that had buried it versus the person that God had gave five back to and he returned back with five more. Like nobody is really breaking those scriptures down and really getting us to an understanding of what the word says. And nobody is saying that, you know, God is really going to bless you. Like he needs to bless you so that you can come back and in return be a blessing to the kingdom. Like in another way, nobody preaches about stewardship. <laughs> Girl. And it, my God, there was a time over the summer, and I, I hope we don't go over time, but there was a time over the summer. No, I take that back. It was recently. I get my devotion times mixed up. But mm-hmm. I was studying, this was when I was going through that process of like, God, I don't want to charge people for, for something I'm doing for you. And God had to show me the parable of the talents. And I, yeah. and I'm a big person that studies Greek words, but long story short, the revelation I got was that the parable of the, ta- the talents was about business. Mm-hmm. Why would, why would he invest for him to, and even the thought, talk about it. Even the thought process for Jesus to describe a parable of this man saying you could have invested. Come on. Why would investing be in the Bible for us to not have any knowledge or form of reference related to it? For us to be, again, investing makes your money work for you. It, you get you get a percentage of a return. It does something. Your money then has action. And so I think, again, and this parable may not even, I mean, it can be transformed in so many ways and revelation that God can give in so many ways because that's what the word of God does. But it may not even be about money. It could be your talents within itself. How are your talents being multiplied? 
how how is then how is then when I think back of before I started this podcast or even there you how you started your practice when I think about starting this podcast I didn't have none of the stuff or none of the even forward knowledge of any of the things that I'm doing now I just started a merchandise line the podcast the journal these are multiplications from gifts that God is like saying just say yes to me come on start and you will again see to the sower these are investments to come back to God later when I stand before him man at that white throne judgment yeah I knew you God because I sought your face about how can I make your kingdom great Ooh. I want your kingdom to be elevated I want your kingdom to be high but it is it isn't about even the money in exchange I get it's about the fact that I was able to take something to bless your kingdom come on your- that's generational wealth, even in the sense of like the money that I'm now getting, I can use to bless other people. Come on, come on. Like the money I got from, and this is just real transparent. Some of the money I got from my time with God challenge, I used to give it away to buy a Bible for the people that participated. And I did a drawing at the end of the week and whoever won the drawing got a Bible. Who may, you know, some people don't even have physical Bibles anymore. How can that enhance somebody's study time for them to get into the scripture, for them to walk away from their Bible, not their phone Bible, but a physical Bible to get even something deeper from God that could bless a generation that could teach their kids how to study the Bible. That's, that's even generational wealth. Yes, Lord. It's not even tied to money. Right. Girl, and, a, and a good Bible, it costs a pretty penny. Baby, okay. okay. It was that good my little You know, I'm scratching my neck like, no, nah, I'm just playing. But, <laughs> but Girl, my, my, my study Bible cost a hundred dollars. I was okay. like, like yo, baby. but when I tell you, yo, that was the best investment that I could have ever did was to buy that study Bible because now I understand the word. Now I'm like, okay, God, I don't understand what you're saying up here, but down here where you teaching me what it says, best investment ever. Mm. Girl, listen, it's necessary. So we're going to wrap up here. Yeah. Danielle, we'll talk about there'll be part two. We're going to link, uh, I'm going to continue to link Danielle's information below. So be sure to look at the description when you scroll up on your phone to see um, her information, all the information we talked about. And we love you guys and we'll see you next week. See y'all. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.